0: Okay, before I get to my next guest, Susie Whaley, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Adele Golf. Have you been custom fit for your putter or even for your wedges? Adele Golf is the industry leader in scoring club fitting. Their putter fitting system is the most complete putter fitting system in golf. The EAS line of putters can get your putting dialed in. Also check out their swing match system wedges with weight adjustability to make sure your wedges are truly fit to your swing. Go to AdeleGolf.com and schedule your fitting today. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment, maybe a new driver? Well, let me reset your thinking because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented Squares Toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour and an average of nine yards of distance. Independent testing proves it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to squares.com, get the Squares 30-day money-back guarantee, and use promo code DISTANCE to get $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. Squares, the distance golf shoe. Okay, now back in next on the tee with me is Susie Whaley. Let me remind you about Susie's background. She's from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. She played her college golf at the University of North Carolina, where she lettered all four years she was there. Her senior year, she tied for 43rd in the NCAA National Championship. She helped the team win several team titles, including two Duke Spring Invitationals. She graduated with her degree in economics. She played on the LPGA Tour for a few years in the early 90s and 2003. She became the first woman to qualify to play in a PGA Tour event since Babe Diedrich Zaharias did it in 1945. She qualified by winning the Connecticut PGA Championship. She won just about every tournament there is to win in the state of Connecticut, including three Women's Open titles. She competed in the USGA Senior Women's Open and the Senior PGA Championship. She's annually recognized as one of Golf Magazine's Top 100 Instructors as well as a top 50 instructor by Golf Digest and the LPGA. She is one of just a few instructors who is both a PGA and LPGA master professional. She was recently the first female president of the PGA of America. Last summer, she was inducted into the Connecticut Golf Hall of Fame. You can also hear Susie doing some broadcasting for some tournaments like the Masters last week, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. And I couldn't be more honored to have her back again with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hi, Susie. Thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am doing great. I just came back from Augusta, and then I'm headed back up uh, to North Florida to do a little uh, PGA Tour Live. So it's been a good good run.
0: Susie, before we get into all the golf stuff, and I certainly want to talk about some of the broadcasting stuff you've done, but how stoked were you when North Carolina beat Duke in the Final Four?
1: I mean, let's just talk about that for the whole show. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, the beginning of our season, it was looking not great and not as everyone is well aware. Um, So for them just to get to the 16, I was thrilled. And then, the, oh my gosh. And then for them to take on Duke and what an incredible game. I mean, that just was an incredible game for anybody that watched it. And all due respect to Coach K, but just no problem going out the way he did for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And Susie, I want to take you back to your time in college at North Carolina because as a a young woman being there in college, laying in your dorm room, dreaming about what your future might hold, PGA and LPGA, master professional, only a few people have achieved that. Obviously, president of the PGA of America, first female to do that. Go- uh, Connecticut Golf Hall of Fame, getting in there, getting to play Augusta National back in the day must have seemed like something that would be impossible at the time. And and then one of the greatest impacts ever on the game of golf were the things that you've done for inclusion and junior players and all of that. I mean, is, it, is it, are the things you've achieved, you ever sit back and think, I would have never guessed that I'd be able to do that sort of thing with my golf career
1: it's it's humbling for sure because golf just uh is this unbelievable vehicle uh to change people's lives and it certainly has changed mine. I I wasn't intended to be a golf professional, I was gonna go to law school and so as I said on my dorm room bed, no, I I didn't <laughs> I didn't imagine at all anything um uh, like this, uh that my career has become or or my family, my husband's a golf professional, I have a daughter who's competing professionally another daughter who plays collegiate golf. So yeah, the niece who plays for Duke now, we we don't have to talk about that. But <laughs> um at the end of the day, you know, I I'm so grateful um for sports. I'm so grateful for the game of golf. I'm so grateful my mom introduced me to the game uh at a young age and um uh, for for all the people who have supported me along the way that have opened doors. You know, it's a sad day uh for so many of us today is Shirley Spork, one of the founders of the LPGA, passed away this morning. And Shirley was a friend. Uh, Shirley was a mentor. But when you look at Shirley and you think, without even being dramatic, I I would not be in the position I'm in without Shirley Spork and those 12 founders who started the LPGA and and opened the opportunity for so many of us to walk through a door and, and have golf as our career. I certainly... You know, can't compare myself to any of those founders, but at the end of the day, without them, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the career I have, and and so you know, she'll be, she'll be missed, but um, we will. Those of us who are in the game will continue to work hard for her.
0: Susie, speaking about doing things at a young age, I read a story that said you got hooked on the game one day as a nine-year-old swimming in the pool of the club that your parents belonged to. The boys decide to go over to hit golf balls on the range. You jump out of the pool, go over there with them, start hitting golf balls in your swimsuit, which was a no-no. <laughs> Someone called your mom off the golf course, and instead of being mad at you, she asked, did you like this? And the next thing you know, you're getting the appropriate attire, and off you go. Is that how it happened?
1: I mean, that's exactly how it happened. I was endlessly competing against the boys, whether they were in the pool or... Whatever was happening at the time, I just wanted to, to be a part of it. And off they were going to hit golf balls and I wasn't, heck, I wasn't going to be left behind. So off I went knowing full well I wasn't supposed to go in my swimsuit, but I didn't want to, I <laughs> said I didn't want to be left behind. And uh, off I went to the driving range, hit some balls and you can only imagine the, the fiasco that caused, uh, for my parents who were out playing golf and my mom headed in and just as you said, instead of, Instead of scolding me, I always look at this as this great, incredible teaching moment for my mom. She just asked me if I liked it. And I told her I did. And, and that was the beginning of, of just being with my mom. My mom was an avid golfer. She loved it. She was looking for a pal. And anytime uh, she wanted to go play, I wanted to join in. And and that's really how I grew to love the game. It wasn't intended to be something I got good at or something I had to play in tournaments or or any of that. It was really just time I got to spend one on one with my mom. And uh I you know I look back on that. Uh so thankful for it.
0: And Susie, like I mentioned in your intro, I listened to you this past week doing the broadcast there at Augusta National. Loved your insights and the things that you added to the broadcast. Do you enjoy doing that?
1: Well thanks for listening. I appreciate that. And uh I do enjoy doing it. I I wish I had more time to do more. Um, I've got a, you know, a lot going on, um, with other things in golf, but when I get the chance to do it, I, I really do truly enjoy it. And then to be able to do it, uh, at the masters was, was certainly a treat. Uh, albeit I would have liked it to be 80 every day. <laughs> 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 for, for those of you that were there, um, I, I think you understand what I'm talking about. We went through, you know, tornadoes and, and, horrible weather the first couple of days. And then I'm telling you, I, I don't know that I've ever been that cold on a golf course in my life on Saturday. Um, and then Sunday it was really hot. So it was just the tale of four seasons as far as I was concerned. And uh, as you walked around that property, you know, you can only help take it all in because it is such a difficult test. And I was there also for the Augusta um, women's amateur championship. So it, you know i had an opportunity to broadcast for that too so it was just a treat to be able to um really kind of dissect the greens more so than i ever had before to to watch the shot making that was occurring under conditions that certainly weren't optimum and to see the performance level that these players have we we all know that we watch golf week in and week out we know they're really good We know the tagline is such. We know these women are really good. But I'm here to tell you um, the performances that I saw were were incredible.
0: And Susie, I was there on Saturday at the Augusta National for the Women's Amateur Tournament, uh, watching a good friend of the show, Avery Zweig, uh, go around that golf course and certainly enjoyed everything that I saw from that tournament. Talk about what that tournament is doing to help us grow the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, as we look to junior golf, I mean, if you just compared to when I was growing up, we, we only had a few events that we had the opportunity to play in. We, there wasn't an AJGA, there were not State Golf Association run events other than the State Junior Championship, which, of course, um, all of us would play in that. There was a the USGA Junior, and then there was the PGA Junior, and that was really it uh, for your high-level competition to be recruited, to be able to compete, and for those of us that love to compete, we awaited those anxiously, um, you know, for months, uh, as the summer grew in. I grew up in Syracuse, New York, so we did have a very short window to play the game. And, but that, those were the things you really wanted to qualify for and look forward to. You know, fast forward to today, or where, you know, the golf has just boomed, not only through the last two years, but as far as juniors are concerned with opportunities and that opportunity spans uh, boys and girls, which I, of course, am am thrilled about. And I mentioned the AJGA, but there's also many other uh, hurricane tours. There's many other tours that have grown because of the demand uh, in the junior space uh, for golf and and for tournament golf. And as you look to these high level national uh, opportunities, and you see an amateur championship like one held at Augusta National Golf Club, you know, if you think of somebody my age, I I couldn't imagine um, a women's event being held there 20 years ago. And 20 years ago is not that long ago. And as you look to drive tip and putt and the partnership, the PG of America, the USGA, and Augusta National Golf Club has together to uh, showcase uh, junior golf in a way that allows anyone To have an opportunity to try to qualify for that particular event is really pretty special. And, you know, my niece played in that tournament this year. I had a firsthand seat watching her play at Champions Retreat. She did not qualify for Saturday, but she did have the opportunity to play the golf course on Friday. And, I mean, what a treat. She had her twin brother uh, flew in from the University of Texas at Austin to be able to walk inside the ropes with her uh, at Augusta National Golf Club. I think he was probably more in awe than she. <laughs> He's like, "Can I? Can I bring my club with me?" You know, and, and the answer, of course, is no. But uh, you know, it just it was fun for me to watch a family member have an opportunity that I never imagined. Uh, whatever happened. so you know, as we look toward the Allies, as we look to those that are at Augusta National Golf Club, as we look to be more inclusive and include all in the game, I'm certainly uh, I'm thrilled to see championships
0: grow uh, like that one has. And Susie, speaking of having few opportunities for, for junior golf tournaments, when you were eleven, I read you got banned from playing in an event. Do you mind sharing that story and how that shaped your career?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I that's actually you do you did your homework, Chris. <laughs> 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 I um uh, yeah, I, I signed up and uh You know, obviously we didn't have computers, so when you signed up for a tournament, it was by hand on a poster board, and typically it was in Sharpie and, you know, know, 12 spaces down the left-hand side. In this particular case, there were 16 spaces and a black line, and you wrote your name on the line, and and, and off you went and waited for the date for that tournament to happen, and it was at uh, a club where my family uh, played at the time. And I put my name on the board second and um, was thrilled to participate and couldn't wait to compete. It didn't matter to me whether I played against boys or girls. I just I just wanted to compete. And uh, when I had come back, my name was uh, 17. And, um, you know, my family, I didn't realize this had happened at the time, but it was a boys tournament and I was unable to participate. And I just, I, I didn't, I didn't think much of it. I just didn't understand why I couldn't just go play and why it mattered. But, you know, I look back at that now and and honestly, I giggle because it's come a long way uh, because that same girl who was excluded played in a PGA Tour event. <laughs> you know, So so I'm happy for where we've come. Um, and certainly, uh, as I look back on moments like that, I, I will continue to challenge the status quo. I continue to push um, for the ability for, for people to play together. Uh, PGA Junior League is a perfect example of that where boys and girls compete together um, with as a team and as partners, uh, with jerseys on. And, and that was really, uh, for me, uh, the impetus, uh, for the PGA of America, for my backing of PGA Junior League. There were many of us involved in that decision, obviously, but I was a huge advocate because I wanted boys and girls to participate, uh, in the game, enjoy the game, learn the game, uh, compete in the game side by side. So as they grew into young men and young women, um, they saw each other as just golfers. They didn't see each other as, oh well, here comes a girl golfer or you know, I don't want to play with the boys. I wanted them to, to enjoy the game and have fun in it uh, together. And so that's that's been wonderful and a and a wonderful outcropping of, of probably some of my background for sure.
0: And Susie, one of the things that I think you became known for when you became president was sort of asking the question, why can't we? And an organization that is very typically slow to react, you were able to get the organization to start to think differently. Talk about that and the challenge to take an an old organization that wasn't too nimble, start asking why can't we and get them to start to change their way of thinking.
1: Well, you know, we're an old organization. We're over a hundred years old, an organization that's very proud. I'm very proud to wear the PGA logo and be a member of that organization. You know, do great work in communities all over uh, the country and and some outside uh, the country now as well where we have PGA professionals working internationally. Um, But the PGA of America is is still predominantly male. It's 95% male and 5% female. And I certainly wanted to see the opportunities built uh, for women to see golf as a career for themselves uh, like I've enjoyed so much. Um, My husband's a PGA professional. But I wanted to dive into the fact of, of why more women and why more uh, non white were not members of the PGA of America. You know, what, what was holding us back in that space? And, and how could we put programming in early, even at the junior level, to showcase who we are, what we do, and that you can have a career in this game, regardless of gender, culture, background, or color. And so when you ask yourself questions, like that, you know, even when I was running for office for the PGA of America, you know, I felt like I was running as a qualified PGA professional, not as a, as a girl, but just as a qualified PGA professional who had gone through um, a lot in her career, who um, had, had really gone through my education as I should have through my career. And, and I felt like I could do a really good job. Um, so I asked myself the question, well, why not me? Why, why, why can't I be? president of this organization. And so I carried that into my service uh, in the boardroom and, and wanted to ensure that there was representation and that we had the opportunity not just to have a one female in the room, but more than one. And I was able to bring in a few independent directors to do that. And, and the purpose for that, uh, it wasn't just to place females in the room, but it was really to bring diversity of thought to the room and to showcase the fact that diversity is has many many dimensions. It's not just gender. Um, it's, it's you know where you grew up and and uh, you know what your culture is, what your religion is, what your sexuality is. So much more than just gender. But when you bring a diverse room together, uh, in my opinion, um, the thought that comes out of that room is stronger, and the direction and strategy that comes out of that room is stronger because you have Um, perceptions coming from people that are actually reality, uh, from a different seat of where we all experience the game and how we could bring consumers, uh, into the game in a way that they could see themselves. And and that, that was critical to me. We also wanted to do it in our staff, uh, at HQ and certainly in the procurement for all of our championships, including, um, you know, minority based businesses, uh, in our, in our vendor championships when we, um, are solidifying those in towns all over the world and all over the country. So so for me it was it was really just ensuring that we had that diversity of thought so that we could be a stronger, better and more nimble organization.
0: Susie, how do we get you to run for president next go around? That's what I'm <laughs> starting to think now. How do we get you in the White House? There's gotta be a campaign started. Someone's gotta get that going. <laughs>
1: Well, I appreciate that, but no, thank you. (laughs) I have taken a new job as president of a company called Golf Nation. So I am the president of a new company, and we're a a digital streaming country company, a consumer-centric platform that's going to deliver golf uh, content for lifestyle and anything to do with the game. Think of what Food Network did for food. It made me think I could cook. We're
0: going to do that for golf. Awesome. I Can't wait to hear more about that now. So good for you. No, Susie, you. just a couple more before I let you go. And you mentioned your daughter. I want to talk about Kelly for a minute because she did something that only most of us could ever dream about doing on a golf course. And she made eight birdies in a row in an event on the ladies European tour. Talk about that. <laughs>
1: You're, you're absolutely right. She did a couple weeks ago. Uh, Kelly, uh, played in the last three LET events, or I think she missed the last one, but the three prior to that. And it was, um, I it was getting text messages from a gentleman that was with her there, um, from the Lions sports group. And I, I think it was probably the fifth birdie she had made. And he was texting me, Kelly had five birdies. And I was like, wow, good for her. She's having a good day. And then I looked back at my phone about, I don't know, 25 minutes later. He's like, seven birdies. And I'm like, what? <laughs> then he gave me eight birdies in a row. And it was one of those moments where, as a parent, um, you were just constantly looking at your phone because you thought, oh, my gosh, can she make nine? Can she make ten? Um, but we we're incredibly proud of her. She ended up shooting 63, tying a course record, but set a uh, Ladies European tour record with eight birdies in a row. So good for her. Absolutely good for her.
0: Suzy, I I had Jane Blaylock on the show a couple of times here not that long ago, and we're continuing our partnership between her and the LPGA Legends Tour this year. You played some events out on that tour. Are we going to get to see you out there
1: this year? You are going to see me out there this year. I just committed to playing with Trish Johnson in the BJ's Charity Championship. So I'm really looking forward to that. and I'm looking forward to partnering with Trish.
0: Susie, before I let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're out there doing? Now, obviously, president of a, of a new company and then other things that you'll be involved with with the game of golf.
1: Well, golfnation.com, that's the company I've just joined as president, but you can find me anywhere on social. I'm on Twitter at Suzy Whaley, Instagram at Suzy Whaley. I'm on LinkedIn, Susie Whaley, so it's not hard to find me. (laughs) But if you love golf, um, you got to listen to your show, Chris, because I think you do this fabulous job. And I just thank you so much for all that you do.
0: Well, I appreciate you very much, Susie. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of this show. I hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again before too long. Would love to. Thank you, Susie. Take care. All the best to you and your family.
1: You too, Chris. Bye-bye.
0: See you, Susie. That's the great Susie Whaley, folks. It doesn't get much better than that. You want to talk about a great individual out there doing great things for our game. Well, you have looked no further than Susie Whaley. And I'm serious. When I think about someone who should run for president for our country, is it because of the great things that she is able to get people to do and organize and grow inclusion and all the wonderful things that she has done for you know junior golf and uh women's golf and the men's game and uh the PGA of America and just all of those things. That's what we need in the White House. We need someone that can get people together and diversity of thought and all of those great things. Boy, if she ran for president she'd get my vote. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee. My sincere thanks go out to Eric Johnson, Frank Navalo, John Patrick, and Susie Whaley for joining me tonight. Next week, folks, I'm going to take the week off because it's my birthday on Tuesday. So I'll be celebrating that and doing some relaxing, enjoying my family. So we'll get back together again two weeks from tonight on April 26th. Scheduled to join me that night are Champions Tour Pro Scott McCarron will be back, as will one of the all-time great PGA professionals, Bob Ford, will be here. One of my favorite people on the planet, Matthew Lawrence, will join me that night as well. And then we'll round it out with Adele Golf's Chief Marketing Officer, Chris Koski. So it's going to be a great show. I hope you'll come back and be a part of it with us. You can listen to this show as a podcast on just about every major podcasting app. You'll find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast.co, Audioboom, Player.fm, Podbean. If you have a favorite podcasting site or app, just go to the search bar, type in Next on the T. I'm sure you'll probably find us on there as well. Please check out my website next on the to see what my upcoming schedule looks like. Plus, we've got links back to our recent episodes and individual guest segments as well for you. So whether you've got two hours, 90 minutes, an hour, 20 minutes, we've got content on there for you. I can't thank you all enough for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I know you've got a lot of golf podcasts out there to choose from. I am very thankful that you're making next on the T, one of them. Until two weeks from tonight, hit them straight, my friends.